Well, good morning. Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it's awesome to be here on this fall-esque day where it feels wonderful outside. If you're joining us for the first time, whether online or in person, you picked a great time to come hang out with us. We're excited that you have chosen to spend a portion of your day in celebration with each of us uh, so that together we can grow in relationship with God so that we can go into the world. You're going to notice pretty quick that we're not perfect. Uh, It's not our strong point, (laughs) perfection, Uh, but we know the one who is. That's Jesus. And so we want to invite you on a journey with us that together we can grow in relationship with God and relationship with one another so that we can go into the world and make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. Uh, If you are new here, then welcome to Squirrel. Uh, I just wanted to say it like that. Uh, Truly, it's our new worship series, and the whole idea is that there are so many distractions out there. If you've ever had a dog or been around a dog, you know that when a squirrel comes around, all of the world changes, Uh, and the dog wants nothing more than to love on that squirrel with his or her teeth. Uh, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just the way of things. It's the circle of life. There you go. Uh, but we, we started by saying, hey, there are so many things that do that to us, like noise. Noise can distract us and keep us from being focused on God. And this week, we're going to continue along that line of, of finding what those squirrels are in our lives uh, and seeing if we can uh, change our focus from the things that distract to the thing that matters, and that's God. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I have noticed over the course of my life that communication has changed and transformed drastically. Now, if you're 12, this is not the case for you. Uh, if you're 50 or older, man, what a ride we have been on in communication. Uh, the digital world has transformed the way we communicate. Uh, we started with. Uh, Back in the day, there was this invention that somebody came up with called email, electronic mail. I remember when it first came out. Yeah, I'm that old. Uh, Some of you were like, well, I remember when there, never never mind. Uh, (laughs) It's, there's, there's just been so much change. My grandparents talk about how they used to be on the, you would just crank the crank on the thing and you would be on this uh, line with everybody, the party chat line that you would get routed to different places. Uh, these are all changes that have happened. Now it's gotten even worse than that, worse uh, or more prolific. Now we have instant messaging. We have text messages And all of this is made available conveniently on your handheld device, your tablet, your phone, or your computer. Uh, What's crazy is my my wife is, uh, she's in charge of one of the lab portions at Mercy Hospital, and she, she maintains that if she didn't have to, didn't have to have that kind of instant communication, she would not have a smartphone. She would not have the ability to have text messages at any time of the night. Uh, just, just the idea of being on call all the time can, can be stressful for us. Uh, I, I remember back in the day when you would just call somebody and you would just hope that they would be home. Now you would call them and it would go to their house, landline, to their home, and it would ring. This was back in the day before there was answering machines. I remember, I'm not proud of this, I remember calling a girl's house and she wasn't home, and I just let it ring until somebody finally got home, <laughs> right? I just let it go, because you could have it sitting there for hours, 
It's just ringing away at their house until they came home. Because if you didn't, there's nobody there. You just don't know where they are. If you really want to find somebody, you had to go actually look for them. Uh, and then they came up with that crazy invention called answering machines. I remember my aunt and uncle got my grandparents an answering machine uh, one Christmas. The next Christmas we went to visit, and there was like the tape, because that's back in the day, right? The tape was full. Why? Because they never checked their answering machine because anybody that was important would call back. And we were like, guys, it's just us. We have been calling you and you're ignoring your family. Quit it. Uh, now we have voicemail and, and even more, we have that feature on some of our smartphones that sends it text to speech or speech to text. It sends us a text of everything that the voicemail had. And Lord forbid you got one of those voicemails where it's somebody pocket dialed you and, and they're just talking away to somebody else and then it's trying to convert that into a text message. And so you get like a five page long text message and you're just like, oh, I don't even know what's going on. Uh, what, what's even more is communication just in general has gone from this easy style of communication to an immediate form of communication where, you know, you're, you receive a text and you're afraid to look at it because you know they'll get a read receipt immediately. Or if you start typing and get distracted, they think you're typing the whole epic of Moby Dick in a text message because it looks like you're typing a text to them. And just recently, this, this really happened to me. I, I was in a text message string with somebody and then my phone rang, and it was my wife, and I decided I was going to pay attention to my wife. It's good. That way I stay married. It's, it's, it's my hope. Uh, and we were on the phone visiting. We were, we were talking for like 10 minutes, and I could hear the text messages continue to show up on my phone. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of text messages. I got off the phone, and I looked at the text messages, and it shows you the last one that came through, and the, the last line was, well, I guess it's not important since you are ignoring me. And I was just like, what? how did a, an easy, simple conversation devolve into something where now I'm ignoring them? And, and it's so interesting how communication has transitioned, right? How we perceive one another through communication has changed. Here's what I mean. If you're at work, if you are, are somebody in the professional field still, uh, you get an email, a text message, or a, a, an instant message, you are based, regardless of who you are, on the speed with which you respond. Because your boss is sending you a message. And, and what's even crazier, you can be a poorer employee in every other way, but you respond quickly. And the stats say that you are more valuable as an employee. Why? Because you communicate well. <laughs> I love it. Because you communicate faster than others. And in our personal lives, just like that, that uh, conversation I had, if you, don't, if you don't respond quickly enough to somebody, you're seen as having a lack of care or concern or interest. Like you just don't care what's going on in their lives. When did we change from having this need to instantaneously communicate. I'm going to try saying that again. Instata instantaneously communicate, right? It's just crazy. It, it boggles my mind. Uh, and, and truly, we have just found a new way to judge people. <laughs> if, now you're not responding fast enough. I, 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 I know 
that if you are anything like me, you feel a pressure to respond. Like they sent me a text message, I really have to respond, even though I'm in the middle of doing something else. If I'm in the middle of some, some other activity, I wish, I wish that I could have like a, an auto response on my phone, that I could turn it on and I could have it say different things. So if you call me at like nine o'clock or if you send me a text message at like nine o'clock at night, it would say, excuse me, I'm probably asleep by now because I'm old, whatever, something like that. Uh, or or even better, if, if I was in the bathroom, if it would tell, because I have a strict, no, most of you don't care to know this, but here you go, a strict no communication policy in the bathroom. No, nobody needs to hear from me while I'm in the bathroom. It's not, a, I don't even say hi to people when I go into the bathroom and there's people there, mostly because I don't, I, whatever. It's just me, I get it. But we have this, this weird reaction now to communication. Uh, actually, I don't know if you, you realize this, but this is something that people are studying. People are looking at this. The London, School, the London School of Economics and Cornell University both did a study on this, and they both found the same thing, that recipients of non-urgent after-hours email tend to overestimate how important or how quickly they need to reply. So you get an email in the middle of the night, you f even if it says, do not worry about this till tomorrow, or no worries, don't, you know, it's not urgent, our minds say it's much more urgent because we got it in the middle of the night. And I don't care if your boss was just thinking of it in the middle of the night and sent it, it doesn't matter to us, we are stressed out about that. And then it, it continues and says, while senders underestimate the stress these messages cause. Your boss is just like, it's okay, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Your family is like, it's okay, it's not a big deal. Um, we, we can experience this as the cause of a distraction. Like this can be a squirrel for us, that we can be focused on, on our perception over electronic communication. Uh, and, and we can focus on how quickly we respond and, and what we should respond. And what's worse is if we're the senders of communications and people don't respond back quickly enough to us, we write our own story about why they're not responding. Like uh, my son, I'll send him a text message and if he doesn't respond quick enough, I'm like, oh my gosh, is he stranded on the side of the road? Because my mind always goes to the worst case scenario. He's stranded on the side of the road and his phone is dead too. And, and I got to drive to St. Louis to rescue my boy or I send it to my daughter and I'm like, she hasn't responded. What, what did I do to make her mad? How come she's not responding to me? Or I send it to my wife and I think to myself, if she hasn't responded in hours, Maybe she's finally figured out who I really am and isn't coming home anymore, right? We, we, we write our own stories, and most of the time, those stories are just nonsense. Well, I hear back from my son, and he's like, I was at the gym. I hear back from my daughter, and she was like, Dad, I was at work. I have a job. I'm a real human adult now. Uh, or I talk to my wife, and she's like, no, I'm still coming home. Whatever it is, it's always different than the story that I have made up in my mind. And truly, all of the communication stuff that we have going on in the world, it's just a symptom of the true problem, the true distraction that we experience, which is we are impatient. Everything has to happen now. We want it now, we expect it now, and if we don't get it now, it's going to make us angry now. 
I mean, how, did, how did this happen? Do you remember back in the day, there was this crazy thing called layaway. I remember when I was in the Navy, Nintendo, the first Nintendo game console came out, and I was like, I got to get me that. So I went to the store, and I put it on layaway because I couldn't afford it. So I put it on layaway. It didn't cost me anything extra. They take one off the shelf. They would put it in the back and they would hold it on layaway and I would pay over time. And eventually I paid them enough. They gave me the Nintendo and I went home and wasted my time playing video games. It was amazing. Now, now, oh no, if you can't afford it, oh, just pay 24% extra because you can put it on your credit card. Right? It's crazy to me. It just boggles my mind. I, I remember the other way. Now, if it's too expensive, you just charge it. It's okay. No problem. Or even crazier, Amazon has really done this to us. Amazon gives us two-day shipping. I don't care if there's a hurricane or a tornado. It should still get there in two days. Three days, oh no, I just can't take it. It just boggles my mind. We are impatient impatient people. And, and, and the difficulty is that this is something that we, it's not just me. It's all of us. This is why I get frustrated in traffic. This is why we get frustrated at the store. This is why lines, oh my gosh, you go to Whataburger and you're just in line forever. It takes 10 minutes to get through the line, but you're like, I was there forever, forever, <laughs> because we're so impatient. <laughs> my dad used to tell me, and I'm sure you have heard this in your life as well. Patience is a virtue, right? What does that even mean? I'm so impatient, I don't have enough patience to figure out what a virtue actually, and what that really looks like. And what's so good about patience anyway? I, I think truly patience does a couple things. First, patience allows us to see the value of things more clearly. Patience allows us to see the value of things more clearly. That Nintendo had a whole lot more value because I couldn't get it right away. Things that we, we go after that way, we, we see them as being more valuable. When you're saving up for that vacation, when you're working to have something in the future, it's, it's crazy. Patience makes things richer. When we have patience, when we live in patience, and, and truly, by embracing patience, we gain clarity and wisdom, and we're able to make decisions that will align with our values and morals. If we do it now, it's now. Uh, patience is good, right? I, I, I don't know how many people I've talked to that have buyer's remorse, and usually buyer's remorse comes from buying things that are more expensive than you should have spent, but not like really expensive, and you buy it because you're like, oh, I got to have that. And then you take it home and you're like, yeah, I really didn't need that. But I have it, so it's exciting. And what's crazy is that God wants us to get patience. God is excited about patience. God works in and on us so that we might be a more patient people. Psalm 130 is one of my favorite psalms, and it says this, I wait for the Lord. I'm patient for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in His Word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman wait for the morning. This has special meaning to me because when I was in the Navy, I spent a lot of time on watch. And if you get the 
the watch that ends in the morning, you have probably done something wrong, and I got that watch a lot. I'm just saying. I didn't think about it then, but now I'm like, hey, wait a minute. There was something special about daybreak when you're sitting there waiting for the morning to break. And that's what, that's what the, the psalmist is saying. More than the watchman waits for the morning, I wait for the Lord. More than the watchman may, waits. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. Wait for the Lord and put your trust in him. That sounds good. We should just be more patient. The problem is that we have to figure this out. How can we learn patience in an impatient world? What can we do to embrace patience in an impatient world? I, and the, the whole idea behind this can be difficult for us because we look around and, man, we don't, we don't look all that different from everybody else. We're just as impatient. We're just as ready for things to happen. And, and in some cases, we're more impatient than others, which brings me deep grief because Paul, one of the pillars of our faith, tells us in, in a letter to the churches in Galatia, he says, hey, patience is something special. Patience is a gift from God. It's actually the fruit that the Holy Spirit will develop in you. He says it this way, but the fruit of the Spirit is, I want y'all, let's, I know we don't ever do this, let's have some fun today. I want y'all to read this list with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. <laughs> Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. That means, well, first, that means we all need a little bit more Holy Spirit, don't we? Love, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. All of these things are great blessings of the Spirit. And yet, all of these things are things I think we as a community, I think we as a nation, I think we as a world need a lot more of. I mean, it demonstrates just how impatient we are when we think about the fact that the Holy Spirit is what should be doing this. And what that tells me, and hopefully what that tells you, is that we all need more Holy Spirit. We need to allow God to do a work in us. We need to trust in God and say, God, come and make a change within me. Because I am too impatient on my own. I am too focused on myself, too prideful, whatever it is, so that we can be made more like Jesus Christ. That's what the ultimate goal of following Jesus is that we stop looking like the rest of the world and we start looking like Jesus way more than anything else. When people look at us, they're, they're not like, oh, look how jacked up Bob is. I hope there's nobody named Bob here or online. Look how jacked up they are. No, we want them to look and say, what's different about them? They just are different. Not in a weird way. Well, sometimes in a weird way, and that's good. But because of their love, because of their patience, because of their compassion. And so what are some of the things that we, as the body of Christ, can do to embrace that? First, 
truly is to allow that, that spirit to do its work within us. But there are also baby steps that we can take into this as well. That's one of the things we wanted to focus on in this message series was practical advice, things that we could do to maybe make a difference. And the first is this, create clear and specific communications boundaries. I cannot overstress this. I used to, when I was at a different church, you guys are much more generous uh, with my time, but when I was at a different church, uh, I would block out my Friday evening. Friday evening, from 5 p.m. until 10 p.m., I was in a meeting. I put it as a meeting. My meeting, I would meet with my family, and we would have movie night and dinner night, and we would hang out together because I wanted that time to be special. That's the same kind of thing for all of our communication prog- projects is to say, hey, we, we want to make some boundaries so that we can share those boundaries with others. Uh, I was talking to Josh, our youth ministry lead, and Josh said, yeah, I tell the youth that if they text me after eight, I'm not going to respond until the next day because I don't want them to get into the habit of texting me in the middle of the night. What a simple statement. I tell my, and these are the people that you would expect would be the most demanding. And yet, all it took was saying, hey, I need this. And here's, here's the next one. When waiting on a response from somebody, pray for them and their day. Instead of pulling a Steve, we're going to call it that from now on, and, and writing the worst case scenario in your mind, instead of that, pray for them and their day. What, think about what that would look like. You send a text message and it's been 45 seconds and they haven't responded. Take a moment and be like, God, I, just, I, I don't know what's going on with them. They haven't responded to me, which I would, I would love it if you would hurry that up. But more than that, be with them. E- embrace them. Let them know that you're present with them. Uh, and, and make their day better. Uh, and think of how great that would be. Show, I know this one's going to come as a shock, show patience and understanding to people. <laughs> this, is, this is like 101 standing in a line, right? Don't be a jerk. My, my kids had two rules. Uh, and I'm not going to say it the way that I normally would have to them, but rule number one was this, always this, love God. Rule number two, don't be a jerk. Don't do it. Just be nice. Show some patience and understanding because that can make the world a better place. Uh, Maybe like me, one of the places that you struggle with impatience is in time management. Uh, and so I wanted to throw this up there. When we were talking about this, Josh was like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's, let's talk about this. Uh, so I, I throw this up there. This is the Eisenhower Matrix. If you've never seen it, uh, it comes from a statement made by Dwight Eisenhower. Eisenhower said this, there are two things that have, are two problems in my life, problems that are urgent and problems that are important. Problems that are urgent are rarely important and problems that are important are rarely urgent. That was, that was what he said. And so somebody was like, that was pretty smart. You know what we'll do? We'll make a matrix out of it. So Dwight didn't make this matrix. Somebody else did. But if you can't see it, I'm going to tell you what it says. If it's urgent and important, do it. That's simple enough. If it's not urgent and important, plan to do it. Make a plan of when you're going to do that. If it's urgent but not important, tell somebody else to do it. Oh, I love that one. That's my favorite one. 
If it's not urgent and not important, don't do it. I don't know how much time I waste in that area where I'm doing things that aren't urgent and aren't important, but I'm doing it. And I sit there and I'm like, I am wasting my time doing X, Y, or Z when I could be better suited doing something else. And that, that stresses me out. It causes me to be impatient in the things that I knew that I had to do and the things that I needed to plan to do and the things that I could tell other people to do. And so this, this to me was, was world-changing when we started applying this. I, I started applying this to my calendar and half of my calendar went away. And I was like, look at all the free time I have now to actually do ministry and to do things with others. And, and finally, I don't want to under, uh, undervalue this statement, is ask God for patience. I also want to warn you a little bit about this statement, because when we ask God for patience, when we're like, Lord, please show me how to be patient, the way that God shows us how to be patient is he puts a whole lot of challenging things in front of us that cause us to want to be impatient. God says, I want you to learn patience, and I will reveal that to you. And, and it seems like I am perpetually learning patience. Like I struggle with that more than anything else. But then I think about it, and I'm right in line with the rest of all of those who follow God. I mean, there was a guy named Abraham. Abraham was told by God, hey, I got a job for you. I want you to follow me. I'm going to have you and your family move from your land and follow me. And Abraham said, where are we going? Sure, I'm, I'm in. Where are we going? And God said, I'll tell you when you get there. Be patient and follow me. Moses, Moses went into, the, into Egypt and freed the children of Egypt from slavery and, and brought them out into a, a new life of freedom where they were going to go and take the Holy Land. And instead, they spent 40 years, 40 years waiting in the desert for the time to be right. David was anointed king of Israel by God. And yet there was already a king, and he had to wait to be king. When am I going to be king, Lord? Uh, when I tell you, you'll be king. All of this is great examples. Jesus waited for us so that he might bring life to each of us. All of this is a great example of why we truly need to embrace the idea of patience. Why we need to say, God, help me to be patient. Help me to focus on you and not on myself, because that's ultimately the problem. We're so prideful that we think it should all be about us. And God says, I got you. I will send you my Holy Spirit, and this will be one of the blessings that you receive. And so we can imagine what the world would look like if it was filled with a whole bunch more patient people. What if we started that? What if we said, God, start with me? Because I can, I can imagine that my family would look different the way that I interact with them. I can imagine that, that, that it would be different in my community. I can imagine it would be different in our nation. I can imagine that it would be different in our world. Just because we took seriously this idea to serve God by being patient 
I mean, what a simple idea. Patience is a virtue. We've all said it. If we've raised a child one, we have told them that patience is important. Be patient. Just be patient. So maybe it's time that we took that seriously. Amen? Let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for the gift you give us in Jesus and the promise that you offer to each and every one of us. God, help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to be more patient, to embrace this as a, as a mindset, to, to live into it, to be serious about it, to allow ourselves to not be distracted so much by the urgent and unimportant, by all of the things that are going on. Don't let this be a squirrel for us. Instead, give us patience so that we can be different than the rest of the world, so that we can live differently than the rest of the world, so that we can love others the way that you have called us to. We pray this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.